Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 11 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is A Pocketful of Paradox. The Bible is the most read book in the history of humanity. Even today, the Bible outsells every other book many times over to the extent that it's never included on any list of bestsellers, for instance, the New York Times. If it were included, it would always, without exception, top every list everywhere. And everyone in the industry knows that, so it isn't even considered news. But what drives this phenomenon? For certain, there are many factors at work there, but not one of them can provide a complete answer alone. However, Neither the number of Bibles sold nor the reasons behind the number are the most important thing for our consideration today. We're going to go a little bit different direction. Can we trust the Bible? Are there irreconcilable inconsistencies in it? If there are inconsistencies, how important are they? How much weight should they carry to influence our understanding one way or another? Let's briefly explore a few of these questions today. First, as we get started, let's note that there are many paradoxes we can find throughout the pages of the Bible. A dictionary definition of a paradox is, quote, a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Here's a great line that I found quoting Mother Teresa of Calcutta, an example of a paradox. Quoting Mother Teresa, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. End quote. Great example of a paradox. A contradiction, on the other hand, consists of two statements or assertions which purport to define the same thing, but are, in fact, diametrically opposed to each other. For instance, if I say, the sky is always blue, but someone counters by saying, no, the sky is always red, those two statements contradict each other. If the other person and I become defensive, digging in and insisting that I'm right and you're wrong, a massive argument could blow up in our faces and do serious, maybe even irretrievable damage to our relationship. An objective, cool-headed third party, however, looks at that silly exchange and knows instantly that neither is 100% correct. The sky is normally blue, but there are times when the sunlight, clouds, and other factors cause the sky to appear flaming red. Well, many times critics who reject the Bible do so on the basis of what appears to them as irreconcilable contradictions and inconsistencies, which, if understood correctly, are perfectly harmonious. 
Here are a few examples. The Bible pictures God both as one, thundering from Sinai, and two, being born as a helpless human child of poverty. Another one, the gospel story about Jesus reports him, one, planning to meet with his disciples after the resurrection, and two, crying out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, while on the surface these may appear to be contradictory, a student of Scripture knows that, in fact, both statements in both examples are true. Sometimes what is cited as a glaring inconsistency is simply a matter of education. A few months ago, I read an anti-Bible article which cited an event which one passage was said to take place at Sinai, while another Bible writer in another book said the same event happened at Mount Horeb. The author of the article presented this as evidence that the Bible story was unreliable and couldn't be inspired. It was obviously just a made-up folk tale that changed from telling to telling. Well, what the person apparently didn't know is that Sinai and Horeb are simply different names for the same mountain, and there's no contradiction at all. Scripture does, however, contain some very legitimate paradoxes. Here are a few. 1. Strength from weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 from the New Living Translation says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from being proud. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Another paradox, finding rest by taking a yoke. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 recalls Jesus saying, Come unto me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Another paradox in the scripture teaches that we become great through servanthood and slavery. Jesus said in Matthew twenty twenty six to 28 Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then a couple more here, finding life by losing it. Jesus taught us in Matthew ten thirty nine, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, he said, you will find it. And finally very much related to that text, is the concept of victory through death. Definitely a paradox if there ever was one. But Paul writes about Jesus in Philippians 2 verse 8, where he says that Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. But in so doing, 
Jesus won the victory over sin and temptation. It's obvious from these examples that, yes, the Bible does have some contradictions and paradoxes. Certainly, many more can be found beyond these few that I've cited. However, the more serious concern lurking behind the question of contradictions and paradoxes is what or who embodies reliable sources for ultimate moral authority? Where can we find the bedrock standards for human behavior? Is there any anchor available? Or must we drift through life like a ship without an anchor, a sail, or rudder? These are serious questions, and they deserve serious answers. In today's world, codes of personal conduct often boil down to every individual deciding what's right for me. Feelings and emotions become the governing factors of how people relate to one another. Hasty political policies spring up from the soil of unrest, riots, and anger, producing an emotionocracy that I like to call an emotionocracy, subject only to the whims of an aroused public. The rule of law idea becomes a hopeless artifact from past generations. If you want to see an example of the tragedy of the rule of law being thrown out, the French Revolution in 1789 to 1799 shows the terrible results of discarding all authority in favor of personal unanchored, do-whatever-feels-good-right-now ideas. Every culture and every society throughout history has always had standards of right and wrong. The moral codes of conduct varied somewhat from culture to culture, but they're always there nonetheless. In each culture, these codes provide the secure moral environment needed for both individuals and the wider community to survive and thrive. Under the influence of the ancient Hebrews and then Christians, a body of literature evolved through a period of over 1,500 years, providing the solid foundation we humans need for living moral, productive, and fulfilled lives. The Ten Commandments found in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, set the gold standard for relating to both God and fellow human beings. For over a millennium and a half, prophets, patriarchs, kings, and commoners composed stories, poetry, drama, history, and more, documenting the arc of God's dealing with sinful people, from the beginning of creation to recreation and restoration of a new heavens and a new earth filled with righteousness. Forty authors overall, representing widely varying times, cultures, social strata, and even languages, all wrote amazingly cohesive messages with one overriding megatheme, God's love for humanity. With that great length of time and that body of authors, most of whom were completely disconnected from all the others, it's not surprising to find a few apparent contradictions and paradoxes cropping up in the overall text. Yet, when examined closely, those differences become really insignificant when placed within the time and place of their, of their writing, the intended audience, social conditions, and so forth. The entire scripture from Genesis through Revelation provides a cohesive standard 
for the best way to live. In fact, we can say with full assurance that even though there are paradoxes and passages that may seem to be contradictions, not one of these, even if they could prove to be true, carries enough weight to invalidate the message of the Bible. To tell the story of God's unconditional, unending love for mankind, from the original story of creation, through the temptation and fall in Eden, through the centuries of humanity's wanderings, wars, and lustful living, all the way through the crisis at Calvary where Jesus, the Son of God, won the moral victory for all of Adam's race, and on to the very end of sin and rebellion in the promised earth made new. For anyone and everyone who is willing, there is more than ample evidence that we can trust the Bible. If you or anyone else you know might have serious questions about this, I highly recommend the ministry of Lee Strobel, specifically his first book, The Case for Christ, a journalist's personal investigation of the evidence for Jesus, published by Zondervan in 1998, and then it was updated and expanded in 2016. There's also a great movie telling the story of Lee Strobel's journey of faith from atheism to belief, which is also under the title of The Case for Christ. You can watch this movie or rent it or purchase it on youtube.com. And if you're reading this on the Good Life News blog post of this episode, you can click on the YouTube link for a direct connection. And if you're listening to the podcast, I highly recommend that you open youtube.com in your internet browser and then do a search for Lee Strobel. And that's spelled L-E-E-S-T-R-O-B-E-L. Or do the search for his books on Amazon.com. I am confident that you will be blessed and inspired by his story and in the assurance that our Holy Bible is absolutely authentic in telling the story of God's love and redemption of human beings. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray you've been blessed. I hope you can join me for next week's episode. I'll be sharing some thoughts about security in times of chaos under the title, Five Things That Never Change. Be sure to tune in. And if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please share with your friends, family, or whomever. Invite them to log in as well and discover some of the things that we're discovering together. And my many thanks in advance. God bless. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.